Well, Father Jonathan, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, man. I got to tell you, though, I'm pretty tired. Yeah? Priesting is hard? <laughs> so I, um, I, the pastor was out of town this week, and so I had two masses today, back-to-back, and I also mm-hmm. had to do all of the announcements at all the masses. So oh. I had to be present at every single mass and got to preach and preside at two of them. That's not bad. Which was, that's not no. bad. <laughs> Maybe I'm just out of shape. Maybe that's why I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, so he does that thing where it's the pastor that gets up to do the announcements. Yeah, and in in theory, I get it, and like that's kind of nice to do, like to give FaceTime to the congregation, you know, as pastor. But I don't know. I'm not sold on it. Like I think that the presider or the deacon or any lay minister, anybody could really do it, you know. And I don't know. You've seen that before in well, other places. Yeah, I have. But here's my hot take. Let's n- just not do it. <laughs> yeah, especially let's since aban- all the announcements. Let's abandon the announcements. All of them are in the bulletin and online. Yeah. So, yeah, I get I you. Mean, I mean, you. you could find some way of reminding people to look at their dibbly-doo, whatever it is. Right, right. That's right. Um, so anyway, yeah, and the announcements today were all already printed, and that's kind of the thing that I led with. And I was like, hey, everything I'm about to say is already printed somewhere else, so yeah, <laughs> just go read that thing. Or, um, this is what we did during my pastoral year in Denver, we moved the announcements to the beginning of Mass. Oh, that's so much better. So much better. Yeah, Especially as part like, of the welcoming. Yeah. And if it's like, if you start all that like a minute before Mass is supposed to start, it's even better. That way you actually oh, yeah. start Mass yeah, on yeah. time. You know? Yeah, and so you get to to tell the people that complain about not hearing the announcements that they need to show up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So good. Yeah. So did that. But uh, I guess the main thing would be my, my preaching. I got to preach the same homily twice, but in two different languages. Oh, how'd that go? Which uh, It was good. I, I got to tell you, though, irrespective of the languages and irrespective of having to do it twice, the readings were not really conducive to me for a good homily. Uh, yeah. So I... Some, sometimes I feel good about the preaching, like I mentioned last week, but today I didn't really feel great. And I listened back on it, and it's a good homily, but it, I didn't really feel proud of it, you know? Yeah, um, well, that happens. Yeah, I, I ended up preaching on, there's a line in the first reading for Mass today, which was um, Joshua telling Moses about why these people have the Spirit, and Moses saying, like, do you want me to be jealous? So mm-hmm. I, started, I, I did a whole homily on the difference between jealousy and envy. And uh, about how we're, how, how like, the, the gifts that we're given, we should not be possessive of them. So, like, we should protect them, which is what, like, a good sense of what jealousy means in the biblical sense. Like, God is a jealous God because he's protective of Israel. So, like, we should be protective of the gifts that we receive, but we shouldn't, like Joshua wants Moses, to be possessive of the gifts that he receives. And that's, mm-hmm. that's beyond the pale. So, like, when Jesus says, cut off your limbs... It's like when we, when, when all the things that we're given as gifts become things that we want to possess, it'd be better if we actually didn't have them because they lead us down a path where we actually aren't doing God's will anymore. So the homily had something to do with all that, um, yeah. which was okay. And I, I, brought, I brought in the letter to James because he was railing on being overly possessive of our wealth, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. Anything from the parish you went to? So I'm doing something a little different. I'm planning on going to a late afternoon mass see how that goes there's this parish up here that i've been told is really really nice so nice very good i'm gonna go check that out yeah it'll be interesting interesting to see since you're currently not doing uh like celebrating your own mass at a parish it'll be interesting to see next week what you 
based on the readings that we have that we're going to be talking, like, let's see if what your parish talks about next week, because <laughs> it's an interesting set of readings we have for this next, yeah, next 27th for sure. Sunday. For sure. Um, what do you got? Just jump right in. Uh, yeah. So the thing that really struck out, uh, stood out to me first was, yeah, there's some interesting, you know, things about marriage and suffering and all of these things that go together. And it's really f- fascinating that, that, you know, this letter from the Hebrews kind of holds them together with the suffering of Jesus. Hmm. Because, you know, we can, and we do, society goes on and on about how uh, marriage should work. Religious society versus secular society seem to be at odds with how that should work Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And then, you know, all of the other stuff that goes on top of that. And I think the thing Mm -hmm. that we forget, and this is true across the board with, with human life, I think, is that it's really the, it's the cross that holds everything together. I mean, it's that great Carthusian motto that the world turns and the cross remains. Yeah. You know, yeah. like everything, the leader has, uh, should make the leader to their salvation perfect through suffering. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man. And then you, it's, it's sort of one-upped, if you will, with your, I'm taking a page out of your book and looking at the Alleluia verse. Uh, if we love one another, God remains in us. And what do we hear in John's gospel right before that? I guess that's first John. What do we hear in, in, in John's gospel? That there's no greater love than yeah, to lay down no, one's life. That's good. That's good. And, and so it's hey, always I, looking at Jesus as the model of right. what it means to, to be, uh, yeah, to be in the human state. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, I'm really glad that you linked those two. I didn't notice this until you just did that, is that uh, the connection between the Alleluia verse and the second reading is the word perfection as well. Yeah. So like, you know, made perfect through suffering, but then also his love is brought to perfection in us. And so his love is brought to perfection in us through suffering too, you know? And it's not this like macabre obsession with suffering. It's just that we would be naive to think that suffering was something that we tacked on to our lives. It's just, it's a natural state of affairs, right. you know? And so the beautiful thing about redemption is that that natural state of affairs is brought into, you know, the, the fold where we say that it's, it's been consecrated for the sake of perfection, you know? And I think when people criticize the church of talking too much about the cross or talking too much about <coughs> suffering, it's like, look, you don't have to go very far to see why this is relevant. It's like we, we are going to be fed a lot on a plate of suffering in our lives. And so does that just lead us down a path of complete despair? Or is that the means by which we end up finding perfection, you know? Yeah. Um, which yeah. is the message of the cross, you know, is that the mm-hmm. cross now becomes glory for those who are willing to carry it. And I do think that that is part of what where all of this tension comes in when we start talking about uh, the role of marriage and the role of union and, and how we find our perfection uh, with each other in that sense. Because uh, now, okay, again, we have to preface this all by, you know, two celibate priests talking about marriage. <laughs> okay. Right, right. But, but I think there's a lot that we can offer. Uh, yeah. And it's that I think that a lot of the problem comes from us trying to to manipulate the entire affair and to keep the Lord at arm's length. Right, right. Yeah. So are you? So let me get this straight. Are you connecting suffering with marriage? Like, is that, <laughs> like what's the, like is that what I you want? So. Like the angle yeah. you want to go? No, on? I think it is because I mean, and it, it's it's not only marriage. It's it's every relationship that we engage with in our in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. They're all all going to uh, involve suffering, right? 
right. you're going to compromise at every turn. Nothing is perfect except mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, our Father in Heaven is perfect. Uh, you know, and like when we try to pretend that that we can find, you know, that perfect person or that perfect friend or whatever it is, and that, you know, once we do that, then then my sufferings will go away. Well, that's nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we do the best that we can and we have to grow in love. We have to grow in charity. We have to grow in our friendship. Hey, uh, yeah, so, yeah, no, that's good, that's good. You know what I'm just realizing is that the first reading does not say that she's a perfect partner for him, but a suitable one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so what does it mean for like in matrimony? Like these are suitable partners to each other, not because they're perfect for each other, but because they, they fit each other. They fit each other well to be able to carry the cross together. Yeah. Like they're suitable partners. They're not perfect pairs. And I think that's a really beautiful invitation to kind of what you're saying is that a real theology of marriage, just like the uh, theology of friendship, is one that's predicated on carrying each other's crosses together, you know, and and enduring the cross t- together. You know, and I think we can have mm-hmm. an honest conversation in a homily about certainly a catechesis of marriage. Like we could go in the gospel and I could give a whole homily about defending the church's teaching on divorce and diver- the, defending the church's teaching on remarriage. Or we could go deeper and say, like, let's just be honest about n- all of you who are married, just like me who has friends and me who is celibate, like suffering is a part of the equation yeah. and that's yeah. not just saying like it sucks to be you it's saying like <laughs> no no this is what you signed up for you signed up to carry each other's crosses and like that's that's why you're suitable partners to each other you know because he has the gifts that are going to help you carry your cross and vice versa you know yeah i don't know there's some, there's something there yeah and you i wonder if if that's why and again i hate when we have these options um why this very end we have this part again what we talked about last week with let the children come to me uh, mm. do not prevent them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these and when you look at how children are with relationships it's in a sense very simple right like if mm. they have a problem they'll cry and they'll kick and scream and do all that stuff but then that's about it that's as far as it goes <laughs> mm. they yeah. don't hold grudges like us enlightened adults hold grudges and refuse mm. to see light and refuse to work through our differences. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's some, some of that uh, simplicity could be, could be, uh, 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 could help us understand how these relationships um, are supposed to work. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. You know, this is the third week in a row that we've had reference to children. You know, let the children come to me, want to lay his hands on children, like don't, lead them astray it'd be better if a millstone were wrapped around your neck like we've had this insistence on the simplicity of children and the innocence of children and it seems like like i haven't preached any homilies on that yet like i've kind of avoided the topic like this might be a good time within the context of like genuine christian relationship and friendship Mm -hmm. especially in the emblematic sense with marriage it's like what does it mean to be innocent and to be pure you know as children and as simple as children you know in the face of your marriage but not being naive Maybe like that's right. the childishness that we don't want. We don't want naivete, right. but we want purity, you know? And like, it's one of the reasons that, you know, the church asks us to be pure before we engage in the marital state, you know? It's like, how are you presenting yourself to your spouse in a childlike way? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know if, that, if it gets too weird, you know, that kind of analogy, but like. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably, even though the readings are very explicitly marital in that sense, I think, I think, 
broadening it out, I think you can get too lost in the weeds with just focusing on rules and regulations on what you should do and what you shouldn't do with marriage. Mm. It's like, and again, I think that's the point of, of bringing up these children so often. It's like, let's simplify, simplify. Like, what right, are we actually right. getting at here? These are human interactions, human relations that we, across every state of life, engage in. Yeah. Uh, and, and, to a, and to an extent, right, these are also the ways that we, uh, I think we're, we're really good at ignoring the way that I treat myself. You know, I, I have a relationship with my own, uh, with, my, with myself, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I can treat myself poorly. I can treat myself with a lack of charity just as much as I can treat you with a, a lack of charity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so even the hermit <laughs> that doesn't interact with anybody still has to deal with the reality of, uh, of these readings, the truth of these readings, that, yeah. Yeah. that there's a simplicity in staying close to Jesus. And that's how we are. Uh, that's how we love one another by trusting right. in, the, in the one that has loved to the bitter end. Right. Or to the glorious end, rather. I got it. Yeah, totally. I got to say, I think one thing that I am really, like, honing in on, which I think is a great, you know, title for this homily even, but I think is a good, like, catchphrase, is suitable, not perfect. Like, that's that's sort of a summary (laughs) statement for me of, like, getting at this, is that if you have a whole homily around Christian friendship, Christian marriage, like, what does it mean to be a member of of the church, of the body of Christ? It's like... We're suitable to each other because we're precise. Or even like when you're mentioning about your own relationship to yourself. It's like you're not perfect, but you're suitable to yourself. And that God has given you the gifts that you you need that are suited to you to help you on the path that you are on towards glory, you know? And so yeah. like how how the focus can then be not on being perfect in ourselves or being perfect in our relationships, but recognizing that the suitability of our gifts to ourselves and our relationships to each other are precisely those that that lead to the perfection that comes through the cross, you know, into glory. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this could be an opportunity for us to pretend that we know more about sports ball than we actually do mm. <laughs> uh, because of that great metaphor that you and I use quite often about the athlete, right? How mm. do they come to know, how do they come to be so great? Hard work through losing, yeah. through, through, yeah, developing. Like that's what a relationship is. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm, you're not mm-hmm. if if you're not progressing, uh, if you're not practicing these virtues, then you're not going to be a virtuous person, right? To go back right. to our philosophy, uh, right, right? Like you don't just have that. You don't just have this perfect, you know, whatever it is. Uh, if you did, well, you would be God or something. <laughs> right. Instead, right. it's something that we both have to both parties both. Uh, yeah, again, whether it's a, a friendship or a marriage or a brother, sister, whatever, both parties have to work together for a right. common goal. Right, right. And it that can't common be goal just for is, themselves. And that common goal in the spiritual life is perfection. And that perfection right. that comes, not like when Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. Like that kind of perfection does not exist for the Christian without first passing through the cross, you know? Right. And so... Like, I don't think you need to go very far to get examples in married life of how people carry the cross and experience the cross. Actually, Jesus is talking about divorce here. Like, yeah. how many, t- how many yeah. times is the cross precisely the thing that divides a couple? Mm-hmm. You know, like, some people need to separate because there's dysfunction or whatever. But, like, sometimes the cross is something that someone wants to reject and say, this is too much. I didn't sign up for this. I'm going to leave you. And it's like, yeah. hold on a second. Like, this is precisely the moment where you double down and you say... 
like in richness and in poverty in sickness and in health like but how many people you know maybe immature men or whatever like the moment that these things get tough they run away you know because the cross stands still in the middle of that right. and someone says i'd rather just break up with you well i mean yeah and again this is the problem of of what society has been telling us that you know these things that we hold so sacred are playthings that yeah. we that we you know uh, that we do without even thinking about it, and there are no consequences anymore, right? Like none of this matters. Well, turns out, <laughs> a lot of it matters, right. uh, and this is precisely right. why that if we don't take the if we don't do the work necessary, then we engage then we enter into this uh, covenant, this contract, ill-equipped, and we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And then when something comes up, it's like, holy moly, I didn't plan for this. Well, duh, because you didn't plan for anything. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I I don't want to overcomplicate it, like trying to find more than there is. But like, I don't know. I feel very satisfied with that. I think the only thing that I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to connect is the thing about, and I don't want to shoehorn the children thing on purpose, like forcing it because I, I feel like I could preach that entire homily without having made reference to that piece. Do you think it's, it's essential? Like, is there something there that you think is invaluable? I don't know that like, yeah, I mean, I think that that is more of a, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Like a lens that you preach some of these other things. Like the, I think the, for me, at least the thing that is important for, mentioning the children time and time again in our Gospels, is to remember that we get lost in the weeds too often. We need to simplify. We need to yeah. understand this as as a child would understand, which is simple. And right. so when we try to complicate things, then we're, <laughs> that's a sign <laughs> that we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Like if, yeah, if that's we good. try to add caveats or, you know, or anything like that, it's like, well, ho- okay, hold on. That's not what this is about. Right. It's not, I right. will not, I will not love you, except I will not love you, but I will not, no man, <laughs> if we love one another, God remains in us. Yeah. And actually Full too, stop. you know, like there's, when the face of divorce too, it's like, it's pretty simple. Like I said, I would be with you for the rest of my life and it's hard, but like my word is my word. Like that's a very simple thing. Like not to justify bad relationships or violence, but like in the cases of where it's like, I just want to run away from the cross. It's like, how simple could it just be? That's like, my, let my yes mean yes. And my no mean no. <laughs> like that's, that's all it is. Yeah. You know? And sometimes that's all you have to remind you and to ground you is that you committed yourself to this, you know? Um, and that's very simple. That's very simple. You know, yeah. it's a very childlike understanding of my, of my commitment. And that's like in a good way. Like my commitment is my word and my word is binding, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, would it be, uh, am I contradicting myself now? And asking if, you know, this whole understanding of annulments, uh, is that just complicating things? Because we do have to take into account, like, serious reasons for divorce exist, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if it's an abusive relationship, absolutely, get out of there, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, that's an important thing to distinguish, which may need to enter into the homily, for sure. But, like, that's also a very simple answer, is, like... Like the cross doesn't is not masochism. Like right, it's right, not, it's right, not, right. It's, it's not enduring suffering for the sake of suffering, uh, but also it's it's God's justice. And like if there's no justice in this 
in this relationship, then that's if there's violence and that we need to find a way to get you out of that. That's, yeah. that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. That's yeah. Hard. Good, good. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this next week's readings. You know, compared to this week, I, I feel a little bit more like there's a lot going on, and I didn't expect that because it's all about these very hot button topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, buddy. Till next time. All right, pal. Peace. <laughs>